NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Darian Woods. And we are here with Planet Money's Greg Rosowski. Welcome, Greg. Such a pleasure to be here, guys. The pleasure's all ours. And you are here. No, it's mine, Darian. It's mine. <laughs> you guys, stop fighting. The three of us have joined here today to talk about The Indicators of the Week. This is three of the most fascinating numbers that have come up in the news. And we are kicking off our first indicators of 2024 with a bang. Today, we're going to talk about a massive electric vehicle sell-off, record office vacancies, and Darian starts off the year with a massive windfall. That's right. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. Discover Babson College's Master of Science in Management and Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, an intensive nine-month journey that equips recent college graduates with practical skills for today's dynamic business landscape. Tackle real-world challenges and emerge with a problem-solving mindset. Whether you choose to start your own business or innovate within a corporation, a master's from Babson will help launch your career forward. Apply today at babson.edu slash msleader. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Now more than ever, your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, all tailored to your short- and long-term goals. Backed by the strength and stability of a top-10 commercial bank, their dedicated experts work with you to build lasting success. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial, a member FDIC. All right, Indicators of the Week. Waylon, you're up first. My indicator is 20,000. That is the number of electric vehicles that car rental company Hertz is selling off from its U.S. fleet. Those 20,000 EVs here in the U.S. represent one-third of Hertz's total EV fleet worldwide. Wow, it's a big sell-off. Yes, it is huge. And Hertz said in a regulatory filing this week that it's going to sell off these cars in an orderly fashion over the course of this year, which... I really hope means they're going to drop these cars out of a cargo plane with parachutes like they did in the seventh Fast and the Furious movie. That's my hope. (laughs) I think this would be quite the spectacle. And I think it might take a big marketing stunt to sell these cars because Hertz is basically saying that consumers are not like lining up to rent EVs or at least not in the way that Hertz expected. So back in 2021, the company put in a huge order for EVs, 100,000 Teslas. And Hertz's interim CEO at the time told Bloomberg that democratizing access to EVs was a really important part of the company's strategy. But Hertz ended up buying way fewer than 100,000 Teslas. And now it's selling off, you know, a third of its total EV fleet. And it's using that money to buy more gas-powered cars. Hertz says those are the vehicles that are more in demand. Huh. I mean, I'm very interested in this because it seems, at least from the headlines, that there is this kind of pullback from EVs. Like we've had Ford cutting the production of its electric truck in half recently. I've also heard about General Motors delaying its plans to make its all-electric trucks. 
Yeah, the, the dynamics are interesting because consumer demand for EVs is growing, but not at the pace that car makers and rental agencies like Hertz expected. So Hertz, at least, is finding it hard to make the numbers work on EVs. They said these vehicles cost more to repair, and that really hurts their margins. <laughs> hurts their margins? <laughs> <laughs> We've missed you, Greg. That was beautiful. It hurts. It hurts. Speaking of unwanted inventory, uh, what do you have? That's right. So my indicator of the week is 19.6%. According to Moody Analytics, 19.6% of commercial office space in the United States is now sitting vacant. Nobody there. It's collecting cobwebs. There's, you know, those like, you know, tumbleweeds going through the offices. I believe it. I've seen these empty office spaces. Dusty ping pong tables. We've talked about, uh, of course, sky high vacancy rates before on this show, but this is now a record breaking number. It's the highest vacancy rate since at least 1979 when Moody began tracking this. I guess this is a slow burning story of people leaving the office and working from home. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious here that the culprit is remote work. Yeah, no surprise there. But it turns out that remote work is only part of the story. I recently read this really interesting article in the Wall Street Journal by Conrad Putzier. Conrad traces the current woes in the commercial real estate market back even further than 2020. Back before, you know, the explosion of remote work. He goes all the way back to 1981. So basically, if Moody's has only been tracking this since 1979, the commercial real estate market has been in trouble for almost the entire time this uh, like indicator exists. Well, you know what? Let me just explain. How about that? <laughs> Let's get into our time machine, guys, for just one second. So just picture this. People are wearing suits with padded shoulders. And they're, you know, they're wearing high-waisted acid wash jeans. They're spending their nights dancing to New Wave and celebrating with Cool in the Gang. Wait, that sounds like, apart from the pet of shoulders, that sounds like it today. It sounds like right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, see, high-waisted, see, I'm not yeah, as cool Yeah, no, high-waisted jeans are back. That's horrible. <laughs> I feel like that trend went away for a reason. Anyway, so... All of a sudden, there's this surge of developers building all these new office buildings. Okay, so what was the impetus for all this construction? So Conrad reports that one of the big factors behind this was a tax break introduced by the Reagan administration back in 1981. So the economy was in a recession back then, and apparently the Reagan administration changed the tax code to make it cheaper for developers to construct new office buildings and maybe help boost the construction industry. Apparently, lenders became much more loosey-goosey in the 1980s when it came to financing new buildings. This was particularly the case in the American South, where land was cheap. So people were able to borrow money for construction projects for cheap and just, like, build wherever. Yeah, so that's the supply side. At the same time that supply was exploding, demand for office space started to slowly go down. Because there was a shift away from the old office model, you know, Once upon a time, everybody had private offices and these, like, skyscrapers. And instead, like, the trend became these big office parks filled with open office floor plans and workers working in their, you know, little teeny tiny cubicles. And that reduced demand for commercial office space. And the way Conrad sees it, the explosion of remote work in 2020 just merely intensified this longer run trend of less office space needed per individual worker. 
I mean, all of us were definitely born too late because we completely missed this era of having a private office and a skyscraper. What? I feel like by the time we came out in the working world, it was only cubicles. And they also were all like drinking back then in their private offices. It was weird. Well, who needs to work when you're super rich? Right, Darian? What's your indicator? That's right. I am close to announcing my retirement because I got $92 in my bank account this week from Apple. Wow. $92. What are you going to do with it, Darian? Where are you going to go? I will get to that. Uh, I'll just say that I had an older iPhone and Apple had been sending updates without telling me that would slow down my iPhone. And uh, there was a class action lawsuit that uh, came through this week. Wait, did you notice your phone getting slower or was it only when they announced a class action that you were like, oh, this did happen to me? I mean, it's always something you suspect is happening, but it was nice to have proof and $92. Now, in the settlement, uh, Apple did not admit wrongdoing. They said that slowing people's phones was necessary to avoid older batteries prompting a shutdown. Do you feel like $92 is appropriate for the amount of stress you went through with your slowed down phone? Well, I think you have to ask the people I was slow to text back to, which I'm going to blame on the software bug. <laughs> wow. uh, in fact, maybe I that should That was heartbreaking. Distribute. That explains why you never texted me back, Darian. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I think if you've been personally harmed by slow texting from Darian, you may be entitled to compensation. Oh, wow. Yeah, maybe at least a few cents. Honestly, $92 seems kind of high. I know because in other class action lawsuits I've been a part of, there was like a Facebook one, maybe a Verizon one. I did not get anything close to $92. Sometimes you only get like a couple of bucks. Uh, And I I think it shows the class action lawsuit system working in this case. You know, a class action lawsuit, it's when somebody sues somebody else on behalf of a whole bunch of people. They're often these small, diffuse harms, these kind of annoying things that wouldn't be worth hiring a lawyer for and clogging up the courts for one personal grievance. But you add up millions of iPhone users and you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars worth of harm and the litigation costs start to make sense to try to right this wrong. Huh. So uh, what are you going to spend your money on, Darian? Well, I'm looking at some new shelving in my apartment. So maybe a power drill is what I'm looking at. I didn't know you were handy, Darian. I will be. This episode of The Indicator was produced by Julia Ritchie with engineering by Sina Lafredo. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Our editor is Kate Cannon, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. This spring, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Go to mintmobile.com slash indicator. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people.